San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear the show as it airs on any device, in addition to your radio. And uh, also, we are free on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, if you look, look up the title of the show. Now, time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinary, accomplished marathon runner, a best-selling uh, author, a lecturer, philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I am marvelous, Joe. Great to be here. Yeah. How about that? Santa Ana wins. A little bit hot. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Roberta was down here. Congratulations to Roberta Gonzalez. Actually did uh, some of the weather here, at, uh, at, I believe in the 80s on, on KFMB TV 8. Uh, started over at uh, KGTV, moved on up to KSBY in San Luis Obispo. Used to get ashtrays made by Hollywood Henderson in the prison up there. <laughs> Sent to her. And then worked at WMAQ in Chicago, Channel 5, the NBC O&O. Uh, owned an operated station there uh, for, for seven years. And then uh, moved on to... KPIX, uh, the CBS station up in the San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, after a nice 20-plus year career there, and gosh, maybe probably 35, do the math, Richard, I don't know, I don't want to say, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a long time. Anyway, Roberta came down here last weekend, because it was my birthday Sunday, but she also- Happy down, birthday. Thank you, and she came down to visit uh, Jay Curtis, who is uh, struggling with ALS, and his wife, and um, they had a very nice visit with friends and family, and it was great seeing you, Roberta. So congratulations on your- Career and she's off uh, forming R- Roberta Gonzalez Productions, which is a good lead into our guest tonight, because uh, he certainly knows a lot about production, radio and TV production. Oh, and by the way, happy birthday, Erwin Jacobs! He had a birthday this week. So, um, but anyway, anybody who knows these three words about San Diego knows a lot about our guest, and uh, he's been a gosh, an icon here in San Diego on TV and radio for many, many years, and. Uh, He's just a wonderful, dear, sweet person, and his name is Ken Kramer. Ken, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me here. I feel like I should be singing happy birthday to, to just okay. about everybody. We'll do it at the break. Happy so. birthday to you all. Thanks. No, it's so, great to be here. Thank on. you very much, and, yeah. and for the nice words. God, I appreciate that It just sounds just like him, doesn't it, Richard? Well, that, it is him, Joe. That's why. You know, he knows it's him. a stuffed replica. <laughs> and the, the real Ken Kramer couldn't be here. He's he knows more about San Diego history than the San Diego History Museum does. Well, for the record, I because we, we, we'll plug it later. I was going to find out. Yeah. Uh, Ken is pretty much retired, although he is doing some uh, episodes here and there on KPBS. We'll mention the station. We don't care. But it's still running. It's one of the highest-rated shows. It's on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. on that station. Thank you very much for right? the plug. It's true. A yeah. lot of people like the program. I'm very honored by that fact. And it's great fun for me to do. I mean, yeah. it's the it's truly the best gig in the world. I just love telling stories about San Diego and kind of exploring the roots. It's real easy because people say, oh, San Diego, it has a nice zoo and the Navy is there, but there's so much more yeah. substance to this city. Well, it attracts, and we try to explore it that. attracts a lot of interesting, cool people, including Dr. Seuss in 1946, which you've heard. Did you ever go up to the house and do a Never sin- did, but, but you're absolutely right. You know what? Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> you got the keys? Well, I, I know yeah. people. 
Anyway, yeah. it's uh, yeah, we did the plaque for Dr. Seuss. You know, he we mentioned this last week too, but uh, he wrote about uh, fifty-four or fifty-six of his sixty books in that house in, in Celia Drive in La Jolla. But he, he liked uh, Booth Three at the Old Whaling Bar, now yeah. Cafe La Rue at yeah. La Valencia. Yeah, so we, we put a plaque up there. Yeah, I found that out honor. from the the bartender was Ray R E Y. He was there like fifty-two years. Now, <laughs> see, you could do about San Diego because those are, no, seriously, those are the kinds of people you want to talk to. Yeah, you can talk to an authority who's wearing a suit, and you can talk yeah. to the chief executive officer of some organization but the people who know yeah. the stories are the kind of people you're talking about yeah. the bartender person down you know down well, the street who knew them how about the valets at at, at la vie gosh we're getting far afield but right. uh, i said i said gee a lot of vips come here and the guy whips out this notebook mm-hmm. three, uh, double columns single space Six pages. Of every from, famous person who's... I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Oprah, Winfrey, uh, Tom Hanks, on and on. The, and the on. Kardashian. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I say almost famous. <laughs> but I, they're almost famous. But um, in any case, uh, Ken, speaking of roots, let's get into your origins because uh, we'll get too far afield here and we can talk forever with you. But you're born in Pasadena, right? And That's uh, right. Aren't you like fourth generation or something? I am a fourth generation native Californian. <laughs> My, what would that be? Great, 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 great grandfather came to mine gold in Jamestown, California in the gold rush of Where was he from? Where was he from? Came from Ireland. Wow. I just did one of those 23 and me's, you know, where you kind of drool into the little thing and mail it off. Yeah. And I've got some Irish in me and I've got some British in me. Really? And one little bit of Scandinavian. Really? You gotta, you gotta know these. (laughs) And (laughs) and some unknown brothers and sisters. No, I'm just making that. Did did he strike it rich up there? Did he strike it rich in it? No, I wouldn't say so. Okay. No, no. He he did all right, you know. But okay. but my father actually was a um, geophysical engineer, so he was a scientist. And I kind of inherited a well, bit have... of a love of science and technology, and particularly electronics. So I got into the technical side of radio, which was more what I thought I would like to do in my career. I wanted to be a transmitter sitter and a board operator. An engineer, huh? You know, one of those wow. people. And then I had a teacher in junior college who said, hey, you know, you kind of have a gift for gab and you ever thought about being on the other side of the microphone? Uh-huh. And it kind of like anything else, you know, you get a little pat on the head. Yeah. Hey, you're good at something. Yeah. You start doing more and more of that. And Dick so Enberg. Dick Enberg started mm-hmm. like that. He was started in the final. Yeah, he was, he was cleaning out the closets. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and and I'm still really <laughs> drawn to the technical side. I love transmitters. I'm a ham radio operator. So Larry at, King used to say, because I, I still don't understand how my voice gets out to where you are listening right now. He still doesn't. Well. But, no, but, but isn't that part of the magic? Joe, that's okay. Yeah. I don't even, Joe, I don't even know how my toaster works, but it works. <laughs> but, but isn't that part of the magic of what you all do? The yeah. idea that you can sit in this room with a couple of microphones with and a little reach fuzzy a, ball and, and you, thousands of people. it's somehow through the air. Yeah. That magic really has always appealed to me, that sort of romantic idea of looking out the window at night and then down, you know, a few blocks, there's the blinking light on mm-hmm. the red blinking light on the tower. And, and of course, with now everything be digital. I mean, you can reach a global audience, uh, yeah, you know, if need be. Yeah, but that lacks the romance it of does. actually going. <laughs> I, th- I think as radio people, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And I've yeah. always been drawn to that and really taken by that. So I still, like I say, I'm still a ham radio operator. At night, I put on my headsets and tap out Morse code to people that I know and have come to be friends with all over the world. So you're a ham in more than one way. Ah, that's true. <laughs> well said. <laughs> well, it's better than being a pork butt or a rump roast. Yeah. So Orville, wait, wait, Orville, what's his name? Um, uh, Orwell. Um, George Orwell. Not George Orwell. Who's the guy who did uh, uh, Invasion from Mars? Uh, the big fat director uh, did. Um, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Yes. Um, yes. 
Uh, where were you listening when he did that uh, invasion, or was that before your time? Like, it would have been slightly before my time. Okay. It was in the 1930s. Oh, okay. I was born in the last century. So a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of kids today don't know, but uh, when there was just radio and not, not even television back, because TV didn't come along until the early 50s, I guess, late 40s. But Orson Welles goes on radio and pretends an alien's invading Earth for Halloween, I think he did. And everyone's, the whole nation was up. Uh, the idea that anyone would go on the radio and use that kind of dynamic <laughs> presentation, oh, we have an invasion going on right now, they couldn't believe that that didn't have authority connected with it because he had gravitas he, and it sounded like it was the real that's deal. That's right, oh, Orson Welles had it, the voice. And I can tell you a little story. One time I decided for April Fool's, when I was doing About San Diego on the radio, that I would do one that was funny, that was I thought was funny. <laughs> it, it was about um, the man who was running for mayor of San Diego. <laughs> he was from Grossmont, and he decided, according to my story, that he would campaign completely in the nude so that, so that there would be no secrets in his administration. Okay. And, and I present this assuming everyone is going to think, well, this is just a joke. Clearly, Ken's just making fun. It's April. Oh, no. Oh, no. I started hearing it from other people. Really? It started spreading. And I learned that if you're going to present yourself as an authority, as an authority on the subject and you're going to storytell, you, can't, you don't have any latitude to mess around. Yeah. You, you can't be too playful. So the, uh, the rumor went on a streak. Yeah. So Orson Welles, you, he was fake news before there was fake news, I guess. Yeah. But uh, So did you make up the name of the guy running for mayor? It was all made up? Or? I can't remember the details. <laughs> after after, we'll just, after we'll years just, of therapy, we'll it's just, we'll gone just, from my we'll mind We'll just now. leave it hanging right there. Yeah, but anyway, uh, but I'm bump. Let's see. Hey, how about that? We want to take a break. We're going to back with Ken Kramer about San Diego. Great media personality here in town. Stay tuned. We're getting smart with Ken Kramer, learning all about San Diego. Ken Kramer, famous media personality. God, when did you first go on the air in San Diego? What year was that? It was back in the last century, uh, <laughs> 1972. Wow. I was a student at San Diego State, and I did this little program, kind of a pilot show called About San Diego. Uh-huh. And it was stories about people and the kind of interesting things that they did. And it was very much uh, influenced by somebody that I had seen and watched on television in my Pasadena days, because I transferred down from Pasadena City College. You could take your units to mm-hmm. uh, to San Diego State. State. Mm-hmm. And his name was Ralph Story. Ah. And a lot of people right away said, oh, I know that name. He was part of what was called the Big News mm-hmm. on Channel 2. Mm-hmm. And there was Jerry Dunphy and oh, yeah. Gil Stratton did the sports. And um, Keen, uh, Bill Keen. Bill Keen did the weather. Were they in San Diego? No, they oh, were up yeah, and they were LA. Channel 2. Because yeah, yeah, I was in Pasadena. LA, okay. And then there was this guy named Ralph Story, and he would come on and he would tell these stories about interesting little people, you know, people and little stories, little vignettes. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that everybody in the room who'd been kind of, oh, okay, there was a stabbing and there was a car crash and there was the this and that. When he'd start telling his stories, everybody would kind of lean in and pay attention. Yeah. And the next day, those were the stories. Hey, did you hear about the lady who did that? And I thought, yeah. you know, at that time I was more into the technical side, but I thought that is so cool. Yeah. And as years went by, I kind of got to know him a little bit Yeah. and began to emulate what he does. Do, do you remember your first story that you did here? You remember or no? Mm, gee, what, what? Oh yes, I do. On television, I do. It was a guy named Viora and he ran <laughs> a key shop okay. downtown and had done it for like 60 years. And he was just a font of information about what downtown San Diego was like. And there had been a big shooting down there. 
mm. a big standoff with the police mm-hmm. and 1,100 rounds, and it was like a Whoa. turning point. Actually, San Diego SWAT came wow. out of that shooting, mm. and he said, look, this key was hit by a bullet, and he just had stories everywhere. So Armin Viora was his name, and uh, that was my first one. Wow. Low profile on him. Yeah, in Chicago, there was a guy named Barry Bernson on WMAQ he, on TV. He would do features on in the, you know, interesting people. I don't think he dug as deeply as you, but... Uh, but you always had interest in history and things like, and stories, right? Just you, just yeah. I, I like to tell stories, and and I I don't consider myself really an historian. And mm-hmm. people will quite often come oh. to me and they'll say, "Oh, well, well you must know uh, whether it was the Baxters who lived in that mm-hmm. house on that plot of land there at the corner, or was it the Bensons, and when <laughs> did they move?" And I gotta say, I don't know that. I I just tell little interesting. I didn't know that yeah. stories, yeah. bits of trivia yeah. that people seem to like, and I sure love doing them. Yeah. Speaking of Evelyn Cooperman, we're talking about the oh, yeah. book. Yeah. There's two volumes of San Diego trivia, in case uh, you folks didn't know, but uh, those are good books to get. Uh, for example, did you know we used to have a football team here? Sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, didn't we? Didn't we? And you know how the Chargers got their name? Uh, I do know this. Uh, a lot of people, Baron Hilton owned a credit card company. And uh, because of people charging credit cards, that's how they got there. But people, they were taking uh, suggestions from, uh, I think they put out a notice. People were, it was a contest of some sort. Right, a newspaper up in L.A. Yeah, and some guy came. Is that my, am I right on You're that? You're absolutely right. Yeah. And and there were all of these possible choices. We could have been known as the Toreadors. We could yeah. have been known as <laughs> the intellectuals. I mean, people were writing in, and somebody wrote in this idea, Chargers. And, and when they were here, you could go to their headquarters and you could see that very letter from this person in Hollywood 28, California, who had won, and it was circled. That's the one, the Chargers. Yeah. So, of course, you know, Baron Hilton, I'm sure, saw the connection. Yeah. And it's also told that he was rather fond of the old USC, da 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 Oh, really? Yeah. And so, the, course, yeah, the combination yeah. of those three things led to the Chargers, but we don't speak of them anymore. Well, the only word lasted one year up in L.A., and they may uh, repeat history. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, they haven't quite made it to L.A. yet. They're a little bit south of there. <laughs> the, I call them the Carson, Carson Chargers. Chargers. Myself, yeah, it's not going great up there at but, this point. But uh, I happen to know who scored the very first Charger touchdown in history. Who's I, that? Uh, you happen, guys, it was Paul Lowe. Paul, Paul Lowe. Paul Lowe. Lowe. I know Lance Allworth was part of that team. Yeah. It would just, you know, extraordinary. But yeah, the, the L.A. Chargers were up there and then came down here. And yeah. now they're back up again, yeah. sort of. Yeah. So let's get back to your history, uh, right. Ken. So uh, San Diego State, you became a radio. And what was your major there? You were radio and television. Radio and television. I got a BS degree, which somehow seems very appropriate. <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> no, it's a science. It's science. Okay. But um, and then KEBS was the station there, and you kind of were simultaneous with this famous San Diego Chicken who started in radio. You did you yeah. know him at all, Ted? Sure did. did yeah, okay. he was he was a year ahead of me, a year behind me, somewhere in that same group and yeah. a, a lot of us got together and we started a campus radio station in addition to kpbs which was the on-air kcr was it kcr oh, okay. yeah and and we got that together jerry zulo jim hancock myself some other people we put that station on the air who knew that i didn't know that i thought that's that was, right wow. one of the founding fathers of kcr <laughs> and but, it's still operating oh it's it? it's still operating but but you're right kebs which at the time was what kpbs is now had a transmitter that looked more than anything else like a refrigerator. It was an old General Electric transmitter, and it sat behind where we were, you know, broadcasting. And I can tell you about the very first day I, I got the job there. I was hired by a wonderful man named Tom McManus. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of students in the other room across from me, and I was doing the engineering. 
and they began reading the news. And so they're reading along, and one of them accidentally misreads a word, and it comes out fart. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, okay, you can let that go by, but... Yeah, let that go. But, <laughs> but, because it's live, what are you going to do? But one of them started giggling. And then the other one started giggling. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And finally, the two of them cannot stop laughing. Yeah. I'm across the glass And from you're the, trying to do serious I, news. Guys, well, right? I'm, I'm engineering this my first day on the air. <laughs> and, and, and... I, they're laughing and laughing and laughing, and finally, they, they just cannot speak anymore. It's just, uh, 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 and and one of them crawls underneath the, they're just, la- they, uh, the entire broadcast has come unwound. <laughs> it's my very first day on the air. It only gets better. What do we do? So I figure I have to do something. Yes, you get on the air. I reach over on the console and turn on my own microphone, uh-huh. and I say the first words Ken Kramer ever said on San Diego radio, and they were, one moment, please. <laughs> and I reach up, and seriously, I reach up and I grab a record, uh-huh. you know, because we have a record, yeah. and it's, oh, I wish I could remember the name of the song, but you always see it in cartoons when there's thunder and lightning. dun 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 Okay. So you hear this, fading out, and comes in, and then from down the hall, I hear clip, clop, Clip, clop. Tom McManus is coming down uh-oh, the hallway, uh-oh. and I figure he's going to come in and say, you're gone, very first yep. day, uh-huh. very first day. He wings around the corner, and he looks at me, and he says, couldn't you have chosen something more appropriate? <laughs> like People all over the town are just rolling. <laughs> and I just thought, I'm done. But, you know, I did, but that's my, honest to, honest to God, my first words on KEBS were, one moment, please. Yeah. So in the spirit of full disclosure, I used to prepare Tom McManus's income tax return. Oh, for God. Really? God, yeah, come on. How about Seriously. That? Well, then you know he's a great guy. He's a great yeah. guy. Wonderful fellow. This is long, long ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's more There's there's more about San Diego than you ever will. That's, you, you, you'll, you'll never tell that on you. Why don't you tell that story? Which on one? The, the one you just told about your first uh, time on radio. and, and um, you can, I should tell that story on yeah, about San Diego? You can let it out the, the word. Or, Visuals but, are kind of lacking. Yeah. Right? When you're doing television... <laughs> You got to kind of have visuals, right? Know? I'm just saying, you know. Well, yeah, true. I, I guess I could just we can recreate yeah, it. True, yeah, true. Yeah, it. yeah, simulation. Statute of limitations yeah. is passed. <laughs> I could probably say pretty much anything at this point. Oh my God! So you've done about 500 of these, huh, Ken? Yeah, 500 individual stories and all kinds of topics, just you know, for, from one end of the county to the other. And then in uh, about 2007. We started putting them together in full half-hour shows. Ah. Uh, we had done that experimentally back, like in the seventies. Oh, that's right, you because were they were part of the news. I was on yeah, uh, the NBC newscasts, and and was that the only other TV station you were on? NBC and then KPBS. Or were you on another? TV I station? was on Channel Ten for about thirteen bit. weeks. Yeah, yeah. Just, so you basically were the feature at the end of the news. Exactly, was, that's what I was. And it was like a three-minute thing. Or? Exactly. Yeah. So if you watch some of the About San Diego shows that are now on KPBS, the segments seem a little short. Hey, what did you... Yeah. It's because you the intellectual it. content I was able to take from NBC over to KPBS and create a whole bunch of shows while we were getting funding to do new and stuff. And there's usually about three or four segments in, in, your, in your typical half-hour show. Yeah, or more. Or more. Know, depending okay. on how much I gab. It's great, though. I mean, uh, it's still one of the... <laughs> One of the most, most highly rated shows over there, from what I'm told. Yeah, I'm really, I'm very honored by that fact. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've heard um, that it, 
well, let's see, there was a show that was on a few weeks ago, and I was told it was the highest rated show on PBS anywhere in the country. We're going to figure that out. We're going to come back with Kevin Kramer and About San Diego right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors, and we'll have some more awards next week, Richard. That's what I heard, October yeah. 24th, Press Absol- Club Award. Absolutely, we're up again. We, well, we couldn't win those without our great roster of sponsors. At the top of the list, UBS with Mr. Michael Coranta. We talk about the who's who of San Diego. This is the list coming right up, okay? We have a couple of CPAs on our list. We love them so much. More traditional CPAs up in San Marcos, Polito Epic. Tax returns, financial statements, more traditional services, and then more specialized, Jason Kruger's great CFO service company, Signature Analytics, for companies that are rapidly growing and need that CFO service. Also, our great friend, Joel Grushkin, Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners to improve their cash flow. Now, if you need a place to put all this money our sponsors are making, how about Mechanics Bank, great niche market bank run by Sean Puckett, in terms of the UTC region. Serving wealthy families, families in the real estate business, again, Mechanics Bank, formerly known as California Republic Bank, led by Sean Puckett in terms of the San Diego region. Also, Hub, international employee benefits, always in the news, especially given what Donald Trump did, getting rid of the ACA, I think. Nobody knows. We'll see what the courts say. But Neil Staley with Hub International, if you need some help with your employee benefits. Also, my dear friend Tony Lombardi, the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, Helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs, the CPA's very best clients. Speaking of wealth advisory, you also have Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management and also is the catalyst behind SeniorSafeAndSound.org here in San Diego, helping to prevent the financial abuse of the elderly. Michelle St. Clair, Elite Lifestyle Management, a great concierge service here in San Diego. For those of you who have no time, Elite Lifestyle Management can help with simple things like travel arrangements to much more complex things like getting the most difficult ticket to get to a Hollywood premiere, as Michelle helped Joe and I and Mary do last month for Battle of the Sexes in Westwood Village. And, of course, Brenda Geiger with Geiger Law Offices. Offices. Brenda Geiger specializes in asset protection and estate planning. And for those of you who love our show so much that you skipped dinner and now your stomach's grumbling, we can help you there too, right, Joe? Absolutely. There's the Very Good Food Foundation headed up by Michelle ciccarelli Lyrac with all their great foodie programs throughout the year. And she's up for Press Club Awards as well. I saw that. Which I helped out on. Uh, actually, she will get an award, and so will we. We just don't know what yet. And uh, also the Stats Coffee Houses, the one in University Heights, Normal Heights, and the new one on University Avenue, all open 24-7, 365, all thriving and expanding and doing well. And I know many of these sponsors have been working with you, Richard, for uh, many years with great success, right? About as long as Ken Kramer's been doing <laughs> media since 1970-something. Back in the Pleistocene. Exactly. We used to, we used to use paper with all these people. Paper? What's that? Anyway, our website is iymoney.com. There's a sponsor tab, drop-down menu. You can find all the... Uh, information about all of our sponsors right there and uh, there you have it there's a media kit there if you're interested in uh, joining the sponsors and then also all the guests are there from the last 300 i think we're up to like 311 about six years it'll be about 312 right yeah yeah, 11 whatever we're we're coming up on that but uh in any case uh all great shows like the one we're doing tonight with the great ken kramer and ken gosh uh so many great great stories um and what's the one that you name a 
the one that uh, people come up to you and really remember a lot about? Are there one, any that really stand out? I mean, it's hard to pick out one or two of 500 episodes, but uh, or one that you've changed a life. Or you, you, uh, I don't know. There was one that was really surprising to me, and I think to a lot of people. I had heard that in one area of um, of Kensington, there was a man, and underneath his house, were all of these tunnels and rooms <laughs> and, 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 and I actually, Bob, I actually knew the story that, okay. that the previous owner back in the 1940s had decided he was going to start digging out a barbecue pit and he just got carried away. <laughs> <laughs> and before it was done, he had created 700 feet of tunnels and large rooms. I mean, the size of this studio Oh my gosh. underneath this property on East Talmadge drive. I kind of knew where it was and sort of like a hound circling in, circling in. I finally got to where it was in the neighborhood. I knew it was nearby. Finally, I find the guy and I knock on the door and he says, yeah, I like your show, whatever. I'll let you do this if you promise not to show the outside of my house. I don't want people coming here. And Okay, deal, deal, deal. So we come back, go to the house and next to the refrigerator is a piece of plywood and he pushes it aside and there is a ladder going down 60 feet. Oh my God. And from there, these tunnels stretch out in these rooms and there's rooms where you slide from one to the other. And there's a ping pong table and a refrigerator and all of this. He stuff. wasn't a fan of H.H. H. Holmes during the world's fair. In Chicago. Oh, I don't know. Murder 200 the, women. The previous yeah. owner was a guy named, Oh my gosh, I can remember, but he invented the fiberglass fly rod and a <laughs> reverse osmosis. Havens was his name. Glenn Havens was the previous owner of the house. And I said to the current owner, Art Gonzalez, I said, is this like, okay. You know, when you bought this, he said, no, I brought in engineers. They checked everything out. It's fine. And we think it's kind of fun and interesting. And we never really go down there. And I can understand why, because when we went down again, a few years later, it was beginning to, you know, crumble. Yeah. And, and so you're kind of on your hands and knees going in through this, but fascinating stuff. And the story, the kind of the history was this obsessive compulsive previous owner (laughs) <laughs> who who just loved digging more than anything and hired neighborhood kids to schlep dirt out of there at a penny a bucket. And, oh and people God. still come up to me and they say, <laughs> I was one of those kids oh, and geez. I couldn't believe you found it. And that, and that story, oh you're just amazing. So there's stories like that. Oh my God. <laughs> but there's so many others. I mean, I love little stories that explain how things happen. For example, you know, Grossmont. It's a, it's an interesting name, you know, Grossmont. What would Grossmont yeah. come from? Well, it turns out, there was a artist community up there and they sold this so that artists, famous people, authors, um, you know, opera stars could be among their own kind Mm -hmm. up in this area. And the person who, um, did it with, uh, Colonel Ed Fletcher, who, who got the land and, and sold it was a guy named William Gross. He was oh. a theatrical agent, so Gross was a, it was actually a person, uh, and I and I love doing that. I love kind of decorating the pathway a little bit Paul Harvey esque, yeah. In that you decorate the pathway, and then now you know the rest of the story. I don't know what the percentage is, but a lot of my stories. You should go end back it. to the site. That's where uh, the famous chicken bear hugged the President Ford in his last campaign stop in '76 in Grossmont Center, and that photograph got all over the international press. I don't know if you remember that. John Wayne was all kinds of stars. I'm not there. surprised. Yeah. The chicken. <laughs> How often do you have a chicken hugging the, hey, let the me, president? Let me ask you those little homes on Mount Soledad that they say belong to the munchkins from the Wizard of Oz. Is that the fact or fiction? Or do you it know? is fiction. Ah. It's a great story. But, but the fact is that as you drive up there, and kids did for many years, you know, from the high school 
going up to Mount Soledad to, you know, study. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would look, they'd look off to the left and they'd see these rooftops, mm-hmm. which relative to the slant of, of the roadway ascending up the hill, looked tiny, looked small. Yeah. And it was very easy to imagine, okay, that becomes a no, no munchkins ever live there. Uh-huh. The houses are a little bit smaller, but when you see them on the level, they aren't all that diminutive. And it, it's a great story, but there's no truth to it, nor to the story that the Mission Beach plunge and its roller coaster one day flew off its tracks across Mission Boulevard and into the Jack in the Box, <laughs> killing various numbers of people. Depends on who you're talking to. Never happened. One ever, guy, ever, ever. One guy ever. did die on the roller coaster. He did. That's that very was over good. 100, 100 years ago, Joe. Yeah. You knew this. I That's knew very it. good. Wait, That's yes. absolutely. He stood up and it was like. Some, night, Navy, some Navy guy. I think it was. Navy guy. Yeah, he was was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it opened, what, in 25, I want to say. So it would have been. Yeah. It's almost 100 years. Yeah. yeah. It's coming up on 100 years. Yeah. And but oh, I'm impressed that you know. Well, that. we interviewed Brett Miller. I guess uh, Richard's friends have the lease for uh, for Belmont Park now. And yeah, we did a show down there, and then uh, somehow I got into the history. Brett, we Brett Miller was there. If I, yeah, sleep. if I said Balboa Park, I meant yeah. Belmont. Belmont Park, Park. Yeah. right, yeah. right, right. But um, let's see what other great thing. Well, Wonderland. You know about Wonderland that got yeah. blown away. A yes. lot of people don't know that. Yes. That was yeah. That was the forerunner to the zoo. The whole history of the zoo, gosh, we should do that in the next segment because I want we could start it now, but it actually did start in Ocean Beach, the San Diego Zoo, isn't that correct? I think you're going to have to tell this story. Sounds <laughs> like you know more about it than I do. But we did talk with someone, you know, when when the um, exposition of 1915 was having its centennial. Uh-huh. We spoke to a guy who said, "Look, here's the original inventory of the animals at the zoo. We have one elephant, one, you know, this one, this, and zebra. he just held it. One zebra." How many were there, do you think? Oh, it was like 25 animals. So it really started in that part of the exposition, too. But those animals, I think a lot of them came from Wonderland, which uh, some came from Wonderland, which were down. And then also um, what really saved the zoo, because they were going to develop that into, you know, condos and houses at one point. I think the the city, they always go through this thing with the city council. And apparently uh, a bunch of mothers and babies and strollers and little kids were picketing City Hall. And they saved the zoo with Dr. Wegeforth, I, I believe. Now, okay. you see, that is something I did not know about San Diego. <laughs> hey, welcome to Joe is an absolute wealth of information. That yes. is great, though. It's very Thank good. You, Ken. We're going to come back with Ken Kramer. We're going to learn more about San Diego with Ken Kramer right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with Ken Kramer and about San Diego. Hey, Justin, this song, Hawaii Five-0, a lot of people don't know, but the David Jansen, they filmed this here, didn't they? They filmed part of it, I believe. Wasn't that down right uh, on Coronado, right along the water? Either there or in PB or something. You're, yeah. I think you're thinking of, oh, also I learned this. Oh, uh, yeah, it's not. that wasn't the you're name thinking, of You're it. thinking Top Gun, maybe, the movie? No, oh, no. Oh, no, oh, oh the Top Gun oh. house is up in Oceanside. No, 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 hang on. I've got, uh, no, yeah, you're thinking Some yeah, Like yeah. It Hot. Some Like It Hot, that? No, I wasn't or a thinking TV that. show. No, there was Simon a little and house. Simon and Simon. There was a little house, and David Jansen lived there, and he worked on his boat, and it was right across... Uh, from where um, that beautiful view of the city is over in Coronado, oh, okay. right at the end of Orange Avenue, and he had they they set up a house there. It wasn't Hawaii Five O, but it was another one of his. It was shows. one of those shows, and everybody right. right now is screaming at me. <laughs> but I don't have the mind that I used to, and I never did. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, that's true. Day, and then uh, Dick Van Dyke lived in Coronado too for a, mm-hmm. for, a for a long while. But um, so, Ken, quick I, question: Is it there was a Ken Kramer Day in San Diego, right? I remember this. There was, uh, and um, during that day, um, I was able to drive any speed I liked I was on say, county roads. You, I was going to say, you probably <laughs> got certain benefits. <laughs> the bars that. were open late. Yeah, you know, okay. yeah, was, no, there there was. I was very honored by that. The, the county and the city of both 
um, honored me with days. And, you know, I, that's, that's something, you know, for this kid from Pasadena, that's kind of heady stuff. It's pretty cool. And, and I, and I am very honored by that. I mean, I well, Ken, say. I mean, you've got numerous Emmys, numerous Golden Mike Awards. Um, I guess you've got recognized by it from the Save Our Heritage Organization, the city. Soho. Uh, San, Diego, Soho uh, San Diego Historical Society, Society of Professional Journalists, Press Club, etc., and Radio Festival of New York. What the heck was that about? Um, yeah, I wasn't there, but, but as, I, <laughs> as I recall, a story that I had done about Franklin Roosevelt ah. in San Diego had gone back there and and was submitted and had I won first place in this really? New York New York festival, which wow. I thought was really hmm. terrific. Apparently, so, when when he I guess the last when Truman was up and um, they were trying to select his vice president, uh, uh, FDR wanted Henry Wallace and. Oh, actually, no, wait a minute. I think it was when, when Truman got the vice presidency. That's how it worked. And, that, and, they, and, uh, he, and, and FDR wasn't even at the convention. He was sick here in San Diego, I believe, because his last, his last uh, election, you know, he died very shortly right. thereafter. And if, you, if you look at photographs, he came to dedicate the county building, for example, when it was inaugurated or when it was uh, dedicated. Uh-huh. And he did not leave his vehicle because, of course, the, the effects of polio were such that he could not stand on his own. So you'll see photographs of him, but he's always sitting in the presidential car. Yeah. Uh, went across to Coronado on the ferry boat, sitting in the presidential car. Yeah. All, always so. Yeah. And, and at that time, reporters were a whole different breed than they are now. They never would go in to um, do a story about the president's infirmities. That just would not be considered. You right. kind of kept that. and, and yeah. You know, whether that was healthy or not, you know, yeah. we can debate, but it was a different way that you treated the privacy of, of, the of individuals yeah. in those days. Well, they didn't have television back then. So, by the way, John F. Kennedy, President Kennedy, when he uh, spoke at your school, yes. June, June of 63, right? Was yeah, it just com- a, sad to say, a few months before he mm-hmm. was killed, yeah. he came, there was a long motorcade down El Cajon Boulevard, and then he came to San Diego State. Mm-hmm. And he said that uh, to become an instant graduate of this university was something that he tremendously appreciated. Yeah, matter of fact, when he, they took him up uh, down Route uh, 163, and he, I believe, he said it's the most beautiful stretch of freeway he uh, in the entire country. He wouldn't say that today. Yeah, well, it's still pretty. It's <coughs> well, you'd still have time to think about it because it doesn't move. Roosevelt, on the other hand, came to San Diego, and he came to this street, and he said, "Why do you have an Atlantic Street? Why do you have an Atlantic <laughs> Street?" So they changed it to Pacific Highway. <laughs> Well, I'm from Chicago. When I first got in here, got here, the cab driver uh, was telling. He said, "We're going to El Capone." I thought he said El Capone Boulevard. I go, what? <laughs> I go, why on earth? I said, "I'm from Chicago. We don't have a street named after El Capone." He goes, "No, it's El Cajon." I go, "Okay." Anyway, that's a true story. So, so Ken, uh, do the stories just flow to you, given everybody that you know? Or do you actually have to go out and find some of these? I'd say at this point, about a third of them do come from viewers who okay. say, "Hey, did you know this?" But most of them, I got to be honest with you, I'm just walking along and I see some of the, why is that there? You know, mm-hmm. wh- there, there's an answer to why these things you wonder about are true. Sure. And, and all you got to do is find the answer. Somebody knows. And then the fun is the pathway of decorating mm-hmm. the, the kind of verbally decorating the way to get there. So, oh, it isn't this. You, you, there's, when you're writing, you sometimes... Um, there's a little sleight of hand. You specifically kind of direct people over here so you can surprise mm-hmm. them on the other side. And, and I, and I do that and it's fun for me. Everybody loves to be told a story. I don't care how old you are. You just love it this idea like of what's around the corner. Oh, did you know this or what? And no, it's not that, but 
Watch Ken pull a rabbit out of his hat. There you go, right? I mean, it's, it's, it is I'm magic. Not, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. great magic on radio and television and whatever. So, um, gosh, so what, you're working on a few segments now. Can you tip off a little bit? The- yeah, you know, um, I, I, a lot of people say, hey, I heard you retired. And that's true. You know, I have. I, I used to do the show every week. I don't do that any longer. But we still do shows. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the kind of person to go to the hammock. Mm-hmm. But I do want to play, and I do want to run around and do things I haven't had the time to do, reconnect with family and friends. But we still do shows. I love it. Uh, we're currently working on five of them that will air around or after the first of the year. Um, the, a, a, a lot, Not too much can I talk about because kind of the way they're written. But, but the Bostonia Ballroom is one thing I'm, I'm doing a story about. And if you don't know about that, that was out in El Cajon. El Cajon, Bostonia. I grew up out there. Yeah. And, and this was a place that you'd be surprised. I mean, you'd go there and there was Johnny Cash and you'd go there. There was Marty Robbins. Wow. This was a, you know, a Mecca. kick, kick down, you know, drink beers, uh, barfing on the street. This was a, <laughs> this was a real country bar right now. And right out of the blues brothers. Yeah, <laughs> and this, exactly. You know, that scene with the chain link fence and everybody, right. you know, well, it truly was a little more family friendly than yeah. that, but. But, but, but people would come from San Diego, sailors would get in cars, go out there, and they would see these amazing performers in this very, very interesting place at the corner of 2nd and Broadway in El Cajon. We go back and we take a look at it. We go to the building, and you can kind of see what's there now and what used to be, mm-hmm. and kind of go back and relive this wonderful Western swing music, mm. which was kind of the big band music of, of rural America. You'd hear it in Fresno and Bakersfield and San Diego on a, in El Cajon on a Saturday night, man. The Bostonia Ballroom. So we're going to go re- revisit that. And some fun things you might not have known about our local streets and the names behind yeah. them and what they mean. And things that we get a kick out of doing. How about Mickey Finn's? Did you ever do anything on Mickey Finn's? Have not, but should. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun place. Yeah. That, apparently like three million people went through there in a year. It was like one of the, it's in the trivia book. It's like one of the most heavily trafficked nightclubs at the time, but that became an NBC summer replacement show for one, one Indeed year. Indeed it did. You're, you're very knowledgeable about all of this. <laughs> well, I've been I'm around. very impressed. I've been around a while. But you got to pay attention. It's yeah. not just enough to be around. Yeah. you you got to care well, about Well, ironically, the, now this is something, the, the Lestat's next door to that, where that location was. Uh, upstairs, I am told, was a uh, bordello that was for World War II uh, servicemen, either uh, when they uh, when they were leaving or returning. But there was like uh, twelve stations up there, or whatever you want. I'm to sure call you it. know this only anecdotally. News of this had not reached my desk. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but well, I love stories like well, that. Well, you I really know the do. gas lamp. Right? You know the first mayor of San Diego, the brother of Judge Roy Bean was uh, a drunk and they ran him yeah. out of town. He only lasted a year. Yeah. Prior to the exposition, they had a lot of efforts where they would try to bur- purge the, um, the, the, the women of ill repute from down south of Broadway. And, mm-hmm. and in the process of those raids, quite often, you know, the, 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 the uh, civic officials were quickly yeah. stepping into their trousers, <laughs> <laughs> making a hasty exit. Because, oh my gosh, the raid is now, on. Now you can't even last one term as mayor. Yeah. You last <laughs> We've had an interesting history of mayors in this town. Have we not? Down. Boy, oh No, boy. I mean, the, oh my gosh, there was a man named Ironus who was arrested for driving <laughs> mm-hmm. drunk in the city limousine. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Well, there was an East County mayor will go unnamed, but I think they pulled him over and the, the officer opened the door and he fell right out onto the sidewalk. So remember that? Yeah, it was yeah. a sad story as yeah. it actually turned out. It really was. Hey, La Mesa, yeah. 
very cool story, and I hope get the plaque done with Wade Douglas. But that was one of the first, the second brick and mortar movie studio in California. It's uh, I think third in La Mesa Boulevard. But there's a plaque on the wall, Flying A Studios. They're very good, yeah. exactly. And 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 Wade did a lot to make sure that that happened. Yeah. They made a lot of. Oh, that's right. Uh, we were both on that committee. Yeah, right. it was like it was like a. They made like a hundred movies there before people started saying, wait a minute, I've seen that rock before. Yeah. I've seen that valley before. Anyway, and the movies, yeah. of course, are only three, you know, three minutes, they short. Yeah. But anyway, Ken Kramer, we are honored. Thank you so much. We'll I had a blast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Our you pleasure. very much. We'll be looking for more of your TV. Richard Musso, great seeing great you. Great to see you guys. Abs- About San Diego. Absolutely. Justin Hart, our board operator, thanks for making the sound terrific. Thanks to Cla- Craig Blanke and Dave Sniff here at B for making the sound great. Next week, Susan G. Komen, or B. Komen, Richard, is it B or G? You don't know. Anyway. What? <laughs> Where'd that ne- come from? Next week. Oh, anyway. the week after this Saturday. Yes, no, correct. Yes. We, the, yeah, Ken Kramer. Yeah, next week. Yes. Anyway, um, all these shows are on iWayMoney.com. Yeah, all these shows are on iWayMoney.com, the podcast, commercial free. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.